Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Howdy, y'all. I uh, just want to start by saying, Russ, it's like I, I don't think I've slept till 11 o'clock in the morning for probably 15 years. years. Um, while Russ is taking a phone call. Come on, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I grabbed your attention right off the bat. He did. Um, he did. Sorry. It was an important call. No, no problem. Um, I don't think I've, I don't think I've slept till 11 o'clock in the morning for probably 20 years. Uh, but last night I was up in Toronto for a, uh, puck talks, uh, speaker series and I have to say it was it was real fun. I was on the I was on a panel with Steve Dangle and Scott Wheeler from the Toronto Star and guys like Chris Johnston, Mike Zeisberg and Kevin McGrann and Christian Schulten were there. It was great 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 atmosphere. Did and you talk about the uh, the positives and negatives of Buffalo. Uh, no, I no I did I didn't bring that up. I I just okay. I, I, you know but I but yeah I was I did say before the show that you know I, I was really tired because I'd been working for the last month making Buffalo less grimy. Uh, but, um, but no, uh, actually the funniest line, and we'll get into the hockey news in a second, folks. The, the, the biggest line of the night was when I imparted my, my knowledge regarding William Nylander and his interview style and his interview style for those who don't know is he's very bland. He's very, you know, like he'll give you good, uh, an answer for about three, four lines and then that's it, and you don't really learn anything. And that seems to be the technique of a lot of young players. They just don't want to say much of anything. It's a lot of hockey. That's Willie. Yeah, that's and and I and 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 his interviews with the media are rather short. And I my nickname for him was night was ninety second Willie. Right. And the 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 crowd took that as a different in a different connotation. Mm. So <laughs> I didn't mean it that way, folks. I okay. meant it in terms of the interviews, but anyway. Of course. Um, okay, so uh, let's start the show. Uh, Eck may be joining us. Okay. Um, okay, here we go. Uh, hello, Hockey World. Today is Friday, June 30th, 2017. I'm Russ Cohen from Sportsology. And I'm Michael Agello, and this is the Hockey Buzzcast here on HockeyBuzz.com. Well, if we were needing any news, we got plenty of it. Uh, in the last 24 hours, we'll start talking about that. Now, we'll start with the trade that happened yesterday and the news of yesterday and work our way forward. Um, the Carolina Hurricanes and Calgary Flames made essentially what was sort of a salary dump deal. I think the primary motivation here was that uh, Calgary, uh, Carolina had three goaltenders, Eddie Lack, Cam Ward, Scott Darling. Darling is probably the starter or the 1A to Ward's 1B. And as we know from Bill Peters' discussion points during the, the, the year last year, I don't think he's the biggest fan of Eddie Lack. So Eddie Lack goes with Ryan Murphy to the Calgary Flames along with a seventh-round pick for Keegan Kanzig, who I don't know much about. I, I've seen the name. I just don't know a lot about him. And a, and a 2019 sixth-round pick. 
Um, this morning, Ryan Murphy was placed on unconditional waivers to buy his last year of his contract out. And they, uh, Cal, uh, sorry, excuse me, Carolina retained 50% of Lack's salary. So to me, Russ, this is Calgary needed a backup. It, Chad Johnson's probably was not going back there. Brian Elliott's not going back there. Now they have Eddie Lack backing up Mike Smith. What do you think? So did they get Ryan Murphy in Calgary, or he's just out they, there now? They they got Ryan Murphy, and then they bought him out the next day. So and then they bought him out the next day. And, yeah, that, that, you know, Ryan Murphy's – this is the funny thing. Ryan Murphy, he would think that he would thrive in this NHL where speed, you know, and and hockey IQ and offensive – He's great factor. He, he's got the speed, and but he doesn't have the strength. So <laughs> I thought maybe Murphy was like sort of an inducement, like, hey – you know, you get an extra defenseman, and then they bought him out. So, you yeah. know, this is – look, Carolina couldn't get rid of any lack quick enough. That's really the answer. Yeah, and, you know, and Calgary needed a backup. And, I mean, for a team that is desperate for defense, that is looking, you know, to maybe roll the dice on somebody, you give a one-year, $750,000-a-year contract to Ryan Murphy. And well, maybe they still will. What was his other contract at? Um, I'm not sure. It wasn't I, I, he wasn't on entry level, but he wasn't making a ton of money. So yeah, I, but maybe they, maybe that's the ploy here. They they bring him in at one year, five hundred k or something. Yeah, I mean his cap hit was seven hundred and eighty seven five hundred. So maybe so. they they whittle it down to five hundred. Maybe. Yeah, it's I, I I think it's that could I be think, the move. I think it's possible. Yep. Um, okay, the other the other news from yesterday was the buyout of Scott Hartnell. And we have a list of buyouts today that are a little bit surprising. Some of them are not. Some of them, I think, are I mean, uh, Hartnell's but, not. Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, uh, it's not. I mean, with Tortorella, I think it is. I mean. No, uh, it's just, you saw the writing on the wall. But I, I do want to caution Flyers fans, just because you like Scott Hartnell and he was good in the room and he was a great interview and he always interviewed first, he's still slow. Yes, he'll score a certain amount of goals. No, he's not going to make you a playoff team. No, you shouldn't want him on your roster. Just well, and that's and that's the thing. I mean, you know, the the previous administration um, that liked Scott Hartnell in Philadelphia, they're not there anymore. So I I, I don't see Hartnell going to Philadelphia as as a realistic. Mm-hmm. I, 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 honestly, you know, I think he could go. I think he can go where he's been before. I think he could go back to Nashville and probably for. Probably for a pretty cheap price. Yeah, he scored thirteen. Or maybe goals. go to Florida because they're short a bunch of wingers. <laughs> well, Florida seems to be the destination for everybody right well, now. I mean, they, they've got like two wingers on the roster. Well, I mean, well, it's it's June thirtieth. By July fourth, I'm sure Dale Talon will have replenished uh, their. But okay, but here just. Look and looking at this, uh, you know, Hartnell twenty goals three four years ago, twenty eight, twenty three, and last year thirteen. Um, his contract, I believe, he had two years left at around four. Let's see here. This is good. This is good television, people. Yep. Uh, uh, four point seven five million for two more years. For so goals. That's rough. Right. Okay. So I mean, there's no and Columbus is expected. I mean, there seems to be 
a, mo a motivation in Columbus that they've got a window here, that they've got the defense. Bobrovsky, I think, has a year left in his contract. That that's a win now mentality, and they're gonna they're going to you know they cleared out David Clarkson's well, contract. Well, here's the other motivation too. Pierre Luc Dubois is getting ready to come up. He threw out the first pitch the other day at the Indians game, so clearly he's on the the agenda there. Pierre Luc Dubois threw out the first pitch at the Indians game. Or I mean, does Columbus have a base? I guess maybe it was the Clippers game. Sorry. Oh, okay, yeah, well, that makes it's sense. Probably the Clippers. Okay. Wait, I said Indians, but I think it was Clippers. Yeah. I know they're Ohio's hockey team, but yeah, geez. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, this morning and about an hour and a half ago, um, the Buffalo Sabers and Minnesota Wild. Uh, this is sort of a head scratcher because, uh, and the, the deal, the deal was Tyler Ennis and Marcus Foligno, who's an RFA, uh, to. Uh, to Minnesota for former Sabre captain Jason Pominville and Marco Scandella. Now, Scandella, they were looking to move a defenseman because for, for, for cap reasons and because, you know, they, they, I think next year they're going to sign Matt Dumba to an extension. They needed to make some room. Scandella, I believe, is under contract for another four years at $4 million. Right. Um, This deal is a little strange because – Buffalo takes on more money, but they get the benefit of Pominville's contract expiring at the end of this year. Um, this is a savings for, for Minnesota. It's cash. The players, they know what's the deal with the players. Like These guys are all diminished in talent or are injured or whatever. These are the NBA-type trades that we warned about a couple of years ago that would start to happen. So this is just clearing cap space for a capped-out team like Minnesota. But they took more. They took more money. But they took more money long term. Long term, but not this year when no, they're not really going to contend. Now, the question is, that, you know, I mean, Felino is making a little over two million dollars. He's an RFA. You know, he put up decent numbers last year. You know, he's probably not going to break. He's not going to break the bank. He's probably going to sign for anywhere between two and a half and three million bucks. You know, on a, on a bridge deal. Um, Ennis is under contract for, I believe, three more years at a little under five. So they save money in the sense that it's less of a cap hit than Pominville. Yeah, actually, excuse me, Pominville is five six for two more years. Yeah. So that makes it, that makes it even more puzzling. Uh, you know, we know you know Pominville was very, a fan favorite in Buffalo, mm -hmm. but his numbers have declined, and. You know, Ennis, his problem in Buffalo has been injury problems. He's been chronically. I mean, are they bringing Pominville there to take the Gianta spot and just make him captain? Maybe. It's possible. I mean, Gianta isn't signed. He's indicated he wants to come back, but they haven't signed him yet. And they so maybe that's maybe that's the deal I play here. You know, for them. I mean, I don't think they want to make Jack Eichel captain at 20 no. years old. I mean, I think no. they're trying to avoid that. Now, if that's they... why I think Pominville could be that guy. Now they, you know, if you look at the Sabers' defense now, I mean, I think the acquisition of Scandella takes them out of the Shattenkirk sweepstakes. Yes. You know, now, not. now you, now you have Ristolainen, you have Jake McCabe, you have Scandella, you have Nathan Bouliou, you have Brendan Gooley, and you also have Josh Georges and Zach Bogosian. So and Victor Antipin. And Victor Antipin. So you know, Brendan Gooley might not make those. He might Sabres. not make it this year, which is fine. Right, they 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 want to rush them, and Antipin right now. I mean, I think Antipin will be in their top six, but that means that either they're maybe they're going to move Josh Georges, 
or you know, or find some sucker to take uh, Zach Bogosian's contract. <laughs> it's a good problem to have if Antipin looks good, right? Yeah, and you know, I, I mean, from every indication, he's an NHL defenseman. He's the you know, Sabers he, are looking better. They're still not a playoff team. No, no. Um, now the interesting thing also is the I believe the buyout window was five p.m. Today at five p. The the, the yeah, buyout expires at five p.m. today. So the, the, any player that was going to be bought out had to be placed on waivers for right. for, for buyout. Now a um, couple names that are not shocking. A couple names that are really I think a bit stunning. Um, here let me just pull this up. Sorry, folks. We're we're doing it on the fly here. Um, the Boston Bruins are buying out Jimmy Hayes. Now, Jimmy Hayes has been a disappointment in Boston since he was acquired. Really, and they, want, and they, they haven't liked him in two seasons. No, and and uh, I think it was Joe Haggerty that pointed out, and you'll you'll love this, Bruins fans. The waiver and buyout of Jimmy Hayes is the last piece remaining. Of the Tyler Sagan trade. Yeah, again, move on. Like who, I know, you know, no, but but you but you but you have you you. I mean, okay, it's a. It's don't a, have a, to mention it. That is so far gone now that to write about it is just like you're just trying to tweak your fan base. Yeah, I may, maybe I, I but but I think it's I think it's reflective of the decisions that the that the management now it wasn't Don Sweeney that made that decision it was it was Peter Chiarelli that made the trade but right. I'm just and I'm just saying that you know that is you know when you trade a guy and again who, we know that the trade was also precipitated by ownership it was because they didn't like the things that were happening with Sagan as a young guy so again. This is like such ancient history that I don't even want to talk about it. You can. Okay. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm just saying, you know, you would expect a trade made within the last five years for some of the pieces to still be part of your team, and there are none. So that's I think that, that shows that that deal – that deal for 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 Leaf fans out there that that bemoaned and cried the about the about the Phil Kessel deal. Dougie Hamilton's in Calgary. Tyler Sagan's in Dallas. Right. Nobody's in Boston. So there, you should feel a little better. Um, okay. Ryan Murphy was bought out. Uh, was bought out for uh, waived to be bought out, and so is Lance Boma. Um, not significant moves. Oh, these are stunning so far. You're right. Yeah, just, 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 to, just to clear a contract. Uh -huh. Um, I was a little surprised about uh, about the, the the Devils and Mike Camilleri. Um, I'm, not, I'm not because of the age. They really do want to move on. They didn't want to be dependent on older players. A couple of years ago, they had that last gasp where they you know made a little playoff run. These guys don't have that kind of game anymore. It doesn't mean that Camilleri won't catch on with some Stanley Cup contender and do well. It just means that the Devils are, are moving on from that, and, and that's smart. Now, yeah, Camilleri, two more years at $5 bucks. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, if you're taking him at that contract, it means you need help on the power play, and you're desperate to win the Stanley Cup. Well, the reports are that that New Jersey had been looking to trade Camilleri for upwards of a year and had yeah. not been a, been able to find anybody to take a bite. So they, you know, they they bought him out. Now Devontae Smith Pelly was the other yeah player that they bought out, and 
he's had a weird career because there's been times where he's played really well and looked like a guy who could be not a top six, but you know, a top nine yeah, and a contributor. Yeah. And then he just sort of drifts away and does nothing. Um, yeah, it's weird. He's had a weird career. I agree with that. Um, now, the the I would say the interpretation of the Camilleri move is that Ray Shiro is clearing space to resign to sign. Excuse me, Kevin Shattenkirk on July one. Um, I, I would I, I I don't have the the buyout figures, but I'm assuming that that uh, New Jersey is saving probably three to three and a half million in cap space by yep. buying out, by buying out Camilleri. So, um, okay. The, the other, the other two, Ben, and then this Hold one, on. was, I'm going to just say this because okay. you said that <clears throat> after looking at teams in cap space, I did find another suitor for Kevin Shattenkirk that would make sense. And it's nobody I've mentioned before. And it's the LA Kings. The LA Kings have 10 million in cap space. They only have five defensemen right now on their roster, and Kevin Gravel's an RFA who will come pretty cheap. Mm -hmm. You slot him in there, and that might be, you know, your your miss for Voyov. You know, we've all been talking about, hey, they haven't been able to fill that role. Well, now they'd be able to fill it. Yeah, the only the only thing that I think tempers that possibility is the fact that Doughty's contract is up in two years. Yeah, I don't think that matters. I I, I think I think it does because I mean honestly, you know, they're probably gonna have to pay. He's going to get top of the market money anyhow. Right. I don't think if if I don't, Drew Doughty would want Kevin Shattenkirk to come in, I don't think it'll affect his salary. That's just my thinking. Well, I, they have so much money tied up long term that they yeah, haven't got. out Dustin Brown or Gabe Gabrick. That that'll happen. Well, I mean, it hasn't. I mean, it didn't happen this year. We but know. We know. We know Gabrick's got four years left. We know Brown's got five years left. I mean. Yeah. They're going to, it's going to happen, right? One one of these years, they're going to get bought out a little by or, little. or they're going to trade them somewhere to somebody who, you know, like to yeah, somebody we'll like Arizona or something. Yeah. yeah. Or Vegas. Uh, or Vegas. Um, a few more buyouts. This one yesterday, and I took – I I rubbed my hands with glee at the at, at after hearing that Benoit Pouliot, the darling of the analytics crowd, had been bought out by the Edmonton Oilers. Okay? Yeah, no shot. Yeah, I mean it's and the, the, this is but this is the thing. I mean, and and I and I if somebody had asked me about this, I would have said this last night on the on the, on the panel. For every Jonathan Marchessault you have out there who scores thirty goals and you know was a was a good pickup and was ba it was a, the pickup was based on his numbers on his analytical numbers. You have a Benoit Pouliot. So it's not a foolproof thing that just because puck possession and other factors are used means that you're gonna you're gonna hit a thousand. Benoit Pouliot was, you know, he's a big player, former top five overall pick, who underachieved, I think it was Minnesota he started off with, then he was traded to Montreal, then he went to the Rangers, then he went to Tampa. You know, he, 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 he's been around, and Edmonton signed him, I think it was five years, four million per, and for, or it may have been four years. And for the first half of that contract, he really didn't do much in Edmonton. Right. So, you know, they buy out the final two years of his contract, He'll latch on somewhere, Ross, but I, I just don't. You know, you cannot base your base your decisions in the NHL strictly on numbers. You have to base it on, you know, I think old-fashioned scouting, looking at this yeah. guy, what he does, looking at his number, looking at his offensive production or his, you know, defensive ability, and making the decision that way, not puck possession and not 
analytics. It was also a matter of, well, look at the year he had with the Rangers. We could just move him up a slot or two and get even better production. It didn't happen because he wasn't it with the Rangers. It was all about the matchups on the bottom line. He matched up favorably. The more he moved up, whether it was third pairing, third line, second line, it was less favorable for him. That's the way he was scoring goals. It had nothing to do with analytics for him. Yeah. Um, now the other the other um, mentionable buyouts: Mark Stewart in Winnipeg. Um, this could be a clearing of cap space for Carl Alsner because apparently Winnipeg is hot and heavy for Carl Alsner. Um, Stewart wasn't making a ton of money. It was two point six. Um, That's what he's making on my team in my fantasy league, and I'm ready to sit him this year too. Like I'm done with Mark Stewart. <laughs> exactly the amount he's making on my team, two and a half. Thank, thanks, th thank you for the update there, Russ. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, who are you going to sign long term on July first? Um, no. Well, I already signed Dowdy in the off season long term. Now, th again, this one is a little bit surprised at because he wasn't exposed. I, I don't, 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 do not think he was exposed in the expansion draft. I don't remember, to be honest. Uh, but UC Jokinen was bought out of the final year of his contract with Florida. I mean, you get the impression now that Dale Talon is just intent on moving on from everybody he can move on from. Yes. Um, I, there's some talk about Yarmur Yager, and I didn't see the exact tweet, but apparently Yarmur Yager um, – there were reports that Yarmur Yager had said that uh, that, that had said Yarmur Yager was uh, getting inquiries from ten teams, and Yager uh, came out on Twitter yesterday and said something to the effect of, um, "No, it's probably me contacting ten teams. Nobody's contacting me, or you know, just it was something right. funny." Um, to, and we just, want to invite Yarmur on the show if he wants to come on the show and talk about what he can do for a team next year. We'll give him the time. Yeah, but uh, Jokinen, Jokinen's cleared out of the uh, – his last year at $4 million is cleared out. And as you said, if you look at their if you look at their lineup right now, you've got Huberto and you've got that's, – that's about it. I mean, they've got all their centers and they've got – no, no Seaver, he's the other winger, right? Right, yeah. And uh, Dennis Mulgan. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, basically – and uh, Derek McKenzie's their number four. So, yeah, they've got their four centers and Huberto and then – it's like you've got to fill seven slots, and yeah. that's going to be a challenge. That'll be a it's little bit be a challenge. Well, I mean, Dale, look, Dale will burn up the wire. He'll have plenty of cap money, but the reality is, this isn't the best free agent year, and so I'm not bullish on Florida this season unless they pull off something spectacular. Well, okay, let's let's talk about let's talk about a, a few of the big names. And I don't have, you know, I, I we know with Shattenkirk, um, you know, it's. Well, I got I got a big one. I don't know who you're going to talk about next, right. but but Justin Williams is in play, and it looks like it's Islanders, Tampa, Flyers, and. Um. Somebody came out and said Carolina had put in an inquiry. Right. I know that I know that there's some interest in Toronto, but it's prop that's probably not going to happen because Toronto has four right wingers and he's a right winger it would be whether williams could play the left side but um there was another yeah, there was i'm not worried about him doing that i think he could do that yeah but there i mean i had heard up like as many as 10 teams and he was just sort of narrowing the list now yeah i heard the list got narrowed to these three and maybe it's four i would still think tampa's the leader i would think no you said i'm sorry it was tampa philadelphia and the islanders 
and Carolina and the one the one and see the here here is where here is where the magnet of winning a Stanley Cup and being being a really good team uh, works because Justin Williams probably will take a little bit less to you know because Tampa is in Florida and Tampa yeah. is no tax state he'll take yeah. a little less on the cap because that's probably what he would get from other places um, after taxes and he's got a chance to win a cup yeah so I mean that that and now and going off of that. The, there were reports yesterday, and we won't know for sure until tomorrow after 12 noon, that Dan Girardi is going to Tampa. Now, I don't know whether that has to do with Has he agreed to that? Because remember he was saying, I don't know if I want to be out of the New York area, yada, yada, yada. Well, we won't know until 12, but there are reports saying that he has. Okay, we'll and see. Him, maybe, and, you know, I don't know if the the uh, the magnet of playing with Ryan Callahan again. And you know, And Strawman. And Oh, and that's right, and Strawman. So I mean, yeah, you've got you've and and I would be surprised. I would really be surprised if Brian Boyle doesn't end up back in Tampa Bay because uh, yeah, Toronto has reportedly not shown any interest in re-signing him because you know probably he's asking and justifiably so he's asking for a multi-year deal for probably a little more than what he was making before, and. You know, again, I, I think his wife is from the Tampa area, so there's a lot of motivations there. Yeah. So he he might take a little bit less just to go back to Tampa. But yeah, I mean that teams like Tampa, teams like Chicago, teams like Pittsburgh. When you say, "Oh my God, they they can't make all these moves because they don't have enough cap room," well, they go to these players and say, "Okay, if you want to be part of a winner, you want to have a chance at winning a Stanley Cup, you have to take a little bit of a haircut to come in." Yeah, I, I do want to say the. Um the Philly signing of Jordan Wheel was good. I think with Dave Haxtell campaigning for him at the draft as much as he was in every interview, I think put a lot of pressure on Ron Hextall to bring him back. And so Hextall was good, and he brought back a piece that, that Hextall wanted, so I think that's smart. Then you have um, Brian Elliott. I think the Flyers brought him in at the right price for the right deal. Now, is that is that, I mean... I think it's definite. It seems like it is. Yeah, I mean it's probably as as definite as Girardi because yeah, and and if that's the case, I think you know that's a good that's a good spot for him because if Neuwirth gets hurt, Elliot can be in there for a long stretch. He could still have you know a taste of being a number one. Nobody is going to be a true number one, and we all know that if all things are equal, he's going to go to Neuwirth first, Haxtell, because that's just what he did this last year. So I think that's a good spot for Elliot. It makes the Flyers a little better. Yeah. Again, I want to caution Flyers fans. They're making more steps forward for the future than they really are for this year. Right. Don't get too caught up with this year. They might do something at the end of the year. Maybe they'll be in it a little bit, but they're not making extraordinary efforts to make the playoffs this year. They're not going to. No, and I mean, I think it's funny because we it was reported that Wheel went around to I think it was three or four teams and. Uh, in uh, and sorry, in Montreal, Toronto, Vancouver. He's from the Vancouver area before mm-hmm. re-signing with the Flyers. And the amount, I mean, he scored eight goals in twenty-three games. So we're not talking about somebody who 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 lit up lit up the scoreboard. But he's it a, was good, a really he, good second half for him. It was right, right. He's a he's a he's a good young forward with a lot oh, of. Come on, Mike, you missed that pun. Just went oh. right over. I'm trying to. I'm just trying to fill here. Jeez. Um, no, but uh, he's a he's a really good young player with a lot of speed, and that's why I think there was some significant interest in him. 
But not the IQ too. He picked up Hackstall system pretty well. He did. Yeah. But I mean, I know that Toronto talked to him, and it didn't seem to be a good fit because Toronto is so loaded with wingers. And from what Anthony uh, Mangioni told us. Um, he didn't think Wheel was a center, and I think that's where Toronto would be going in terms no, of – No, and I agree with Anthony on that. Yeah, so um, – now, I was talking about Shattenkirk, and, like, we can interpret the moves being made, but we won't find out, obviously, until the weekend what where where he's going to go. I think – I would think he's going to go fairly quickly because there's been that five-day window of him being able to talk to teams and, um, you know, like we said, Camilleri was – bought out so Shattenkirk you know the room for Shattenkirk's contract on their budget would be cleared Boston bought out Hayes I think there's a desire there do you think the Rangers are out of this or do you think they're just sort of like keeping a I think they're hanging out and they're going to wait and see what the offers are I think they're going to get Nick Benino knocked down first I think that's going to be first on their shopping list because it's more of a need now if you think about it Rangers defense is good enough the Rangers down the middle is not good enough and for all the Ranger fans that say, well, Nick Benino's a third, third-line center, and maybe he's a product of the Pittsburgh system, I would disagree. I mean, I watched him at Boston U. He, he won a Frozen Four championship. Mm-hmm. In the AHL, he certainly wasn't a part of what the Penguins are doing now. He's a guy that's pretty adaptable. And so he could play even up to a second-line center role. And, and the reason why is because he could be physical and he wins face-offs. And those are two things where the Rangers need to improve. So I think – if you thought that Brendan Smith got a contract that was probably a little more than his worth, so will Nick Benino because that's you know that's what happens when you negotiate in New York. Well, okay, here, 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 Benino, I, I think would get probably more than four. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the, I think that that's the the benchmark. I think you know that's and, and there are not that many centers in this free agent pool. It's so a matter I, of the term. How many years? I would say probably four. Four by three. Four by four. That would make sense. Yeah. But, again, right now, the Rangers – I compare the Rangers right now to the Sabres of about a decade ago. They don't have a number one center. They have, like, three number twos. Right. They, you know, Zabinajad, you know, maybe Hayes or, J, or JT Miller, and then yeah. if they add Benino, you've got, like, three number two centers, and most of your strength is on the wings. But that's what they've been rolling with for a long time now. Right, which is I mean, which is a way. If you don't have the number one center, that's the the only thing you can do is just get as good as possible up the middle and yeah. and, and accentuate the positive with your with the wingers that you have. Yeah. Now, uh, now, okay, just just a little bit of um, speculation. I heard Bob McKenzie talking on Toronto radio about an hour ago, and there has been a consistent theme. Now, I don't think that the buyout of Jokinen affects thing, but affects things. But apparently. Dale Talon was under direction from Florida ownership to pare down the set, pare down the budget by about ten million bucks. Um, they now with the now with the Okanen uh, being bought out, they're at around like six or six and a half. Right. And the the talk is is that the move that he's going, the next move that he's going to make is trading Jason Demers. It's been, you know, I've heard it from I've heard it from Pierre LeBron, I've heard it from McKenzie, and their their word is as good as gold. So I, I I will go with that. Now, if you look, and there are enough teams out there that are looking for defense, but there's been some talk about Demers being being uh, talked about in connection with the Maple Leafs, right? Right shot defenseman, 
his cap number is four and a half million. The only thing I think that the Leafs would be a little hesitant about is that the term is uh, four more years, but he it would fit in a number of ways. And Russ, the Leafs are strong on the wings, and I think need a need a defenseman. So you know, is this a is is this a destination for JVR possibly? I guess that's possible. It is. I'll tell you another team that the Leafs might be able to deal with for a defenseman, and that would be St. Louis because Jake Wallman's getting really close to to being NHL ready for mm-hmm. St. Louis. They're going to have other spots. They've got other guys that can't even crack that defense in the lineup, you know, Schmaltz being one of them that he's sort of in and out right now. And so right. – and Wallman looked tremendous in the East Regionals last year in Manchester when I was there. And so – are you talking about? Are you talking about a guy like Edmondson or something like that? Because I mean, yeah, I mean, it could be someone like that, or it could even be Schmaltz if they offer up the right prospect. But I'm thinking, you know, yeah. if, if St. Louis is, they do look through the future. Don't get me wrong, and they do have plenty of young guys like Wallman. But right. there's got to be an odd man out at some point, and yeah. so there might be a deal that could be made there. I mean, they're. I mean, they're clearly not going to trade any of their core three. They're not going to yeah. trade Bo Meester. Peter Angelo or Pareko, who they got to get signed on a long on a long term contract, and I don't think the Leafs are interested in Carl Gunnarsson because they, they've had him before. Yeah. Um. So yeah, if it is an Ed, if it is an Edmondson, Edmondson. yeah, somebody something like that, then yeah, and it'd probably be young player for young player, and that yeah. might work. But I'm I, just I don't know. Somebody to keep an eye out. It, it, it's it, it's it's a it's a weird feeling right now with Toronto. I mean, like because we. On the one hand, we what that weird feeling is. I think you you probably had a chance to eat that Tim Hortons 150 year Canadian poutine donut, and you just don't feel well. I think that's what's. I don't eat any poutine. Poutine is. I'm sorry for my Canadian friends in Canada. Poutine is gross. I can't. You're not going to eat the poutine donut. It's it's celebrating. I can't eat anything that has. I can't eat anything that has poutine. In, in its in its title, nothing. You're not going to let you over the border now. I mean, this is like a 150 years I, in the making. This I thing. like my French fries without gravy and without cheese curds. First yeah, of all, I don't know what the hell a cheese curd is. I, I, if, if I were the border patrol, I would flag you. <laughs> great, great, just keep me out. I can't do my job then. No, um, no. There's there's a, a weird a weird feeling right now, and I'm starting to make this leaf talk, but we you know we haven't talked about them at all. Oh, you know, we went, went a half hour without it. So yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, there's one there's one side of the chatter out there that says the Leafs are going to make a big move. They're going to make they're going to do something. They lose, got something up, you know, up his sleeve. And then there's the other side. It's like there's no pressure on them. They made the playoffs. Everything is fine. Um, you know, if they add a defenseman, fine, but don't rush anything. It's like, okay, I don't think, you know, th- there is a there is a level of patience in Toronto that's like, okay, we, we had a great time last year. Matthews scored 40 goals. Marner and Nealander scored <coughs> six points. Zaitsev was great coming out of the KHL. Connor Brown, Zach Hyman, Freddie Anderson. Every, everything went right, no injuries, and you made the playoffs in game 81. You know, you, you everything went right, and you barely got in, and you lost in the first round. Now, if you're talking about long-term results, yes, patience, make wait for the right move. But I think that there's also a school of thought that you know you got that window with these young guys on their entry-level contracts, 
And if you can make a move for that short term for two years, either trade or signing a veteran for a free agent deal, then... Well, here's the difference. I'm going to tell you the difference between how Toronto's operating and how Edmonton's operating. Toronto does seem to be operating under the shrewdness that, yeah, we've got these guys on the entry-level deals. I guarantee you they've already spoken to Brisson and Matthews, and they know that they're going to get their money. But they probably said, just wait another year so we can just sort of see what we can do with these guys at these salaries. Because once we pay everybody their max amount, that's going to severely change the dynamic of the team. Whereas the difference is where Edmonton's doing it backwards, and now they're going to give all this money to McDavid and to Dreisaitl, and then they're going to have to end up chopping their roster where the Leafs are doing it the other way. And I kind of like the way the Leafs are doing it. It's a long shot. But again, in today's NHL, you just never know. Well, I'll say this. I, I, I mean, we know that you know Lou is good at finding. Not, I'd say he's finding bargain basement, uh, bargain basement uh, uh, opportunities. You know, he's he gets yeah, players on good at finding you know, value. Good, good at finding value, and we know that the Leafs need to add some strength up the middle. Mm-hmm. But when the but when there's a veteran out there, and okay. I, I didn't watch. I watched Camp Mike Camilleri for about three games last year. Yeah. So I didn't. I, I didn't see, um, you know, his level of performance. I know he's had injury problems over the years, but I, I still think he's he can contribute something. Back when he was a free, yeah, back when he was a free agent, there was a lot of talk about him going to Toronto. He's a, he's from the Toronto area, um, and I believe he was signed by Lou when Lou was in New Jersey. So. If you know, after getting bought out, he's just looking for a landing spot, and he's looking to, you know, maybe end his career someplace he has a chance to win. That might be a guy you can get for a year or two, um, at say a million, million five. Yeah, possibility. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so I mean, the Shattenkirk thing is going to play out. Carl Alsner is a lot of talk about uh, him and the Montreal Canadiens. And Russ, this this would this would make a lot of sense. He's closing on thirty, so of course the Canadians are interested. Okay. I mean, look, Alsner can skate. I'm not worried yes. about him that much. No, no, I, I know, and I, I think he'd be a fine addition. But I also think that if if, if the Canadians sign Carl Alsner. Then you can basically write the, write the uh, the goodbye speech for Andre Markov. And to be honest, it is an upgrade in the sense that the skating improves and the physical play improves because Markov has never been physical. Sure, yeah. Markov will always get you points that Alzheimer can't get, but these days you're better off having a better defender. That's what Montreal needs. Now, what we what will be interesting, you know, we we don't know the the scenario with Galchenyuk yet. Um, if they're going to keep him or if they're going to trade him. Um, we don't know what's going on with Radulov, but it's incre- starting to increasingly look like Radulov is not going to resign in Montreal. I mean, that's just the feel I get. There might I be agree. something, you know, I mean, I, I saw some report uh, uh, from our, from our uh, KHL correspondent, Avis Clinton's, uh, that uh, Florida was talking to Radulov, and that would make sense with their, their lack of, of wingers. I mean, and they probably, again, taking advantage of the state tax in Florida, they wouldn't have to pay him six million or six and a half million. They could pay him five, five, <coughs> and that would actually be yeah. more money going to him. So, um, yeah, I mean, 
so Radulov's in play. What I'm interested in, though, is if Markov says, okay, you know, they, they close it off Markov and say, no, we signed Alsner, we're not interested anymore. Where does, where does he go? I mean, is this, does he go now? Does he just say, okay, I'll go to the highest bidder on a one-year deal? I think deal. so, on a one-year deal, yeah. He'll be like yeah. seven at that point. Right, and, I, and you know, you know maybe, maybe Washington. Someone maybe. will come in like one year, six million, and he'll yeah. take now that was one one of the things that I overlooked the uh, the the uh, Dmitry Orlov contract yes. uh, that was signed. Now he his AAV comes in a little over five million. Um, Probably and, worth it considering he's got the offensive upside. Yeah, but I, I, I had to say this, and of course again everything through a leaf prism here. I have to say that in comparison to the contracts that have been signed recently, Russell at four. Smith at 4.35, and now Orloff at 5.1. Getting the key to Zaitsev signed at 4.5 million was not a bad deal. No, no, no. That's that's looking pretty good. Hey, a quote came in yesterday late that <clears throat> we didn't get a chance to talk about. Um, Lundquist is upset that Girardi and Stepan are gone, and when he makes something like that public, he's not generally that open about things like that. We're getting near the end for Henrik Lundquist, like unless. The Rangers turn into an absolute bona fide winner this year or next. We might be talking about the last couple of years of his NHL career because I think he's starting to get disenfranchised with not winning the cup. And I don't think he'll play for another team. Mm -hmm. So I think he will just decide one year, hey, that's it. And it might be before his contract's done. A uh, couple of notes before we end the show. Darren Drager reporting that Patrick Marlowe is sitting on a two year offer from the Sharks. So the, the basically the sharks have have drawn their line in the sand. We're not signing him for three. That's what he wants. We're so we're offering you two, mm-hmm. and and you know it's okay. Do you want to stay or do you want to go? I, honestly, he'll look around and he'll go back and he'll take the two, guarantee. Right. I I think that I think that that's the case. Now um, Joe is a different story because like all these teams are saying, hey, it would be great to get Joe Thornton. It's like, well, wait a minute. You don't know what he's like after an ACL surgery. Do you want to give a guy that age who had just had ACL surgery three years? I wouldn't. No, but and, and there has been some indication that where Marlowe goes will affect Thornton. But I think if he gets offered more money or goes to a place where he would feel comfortable, that I don't. I I think he would still go. I mean, here's the thing. I you know, it continues to be floated out there that the Leafs are in on Thornton. Joe Thornton does not like attention. He he did he shrunk he shrunk from it in Boston. He loves San Jose because San Jose, you know, there's a couple reporters there in in Toronto. There's 25. So I I, I don't think it's realistic. I mean, I know that you know Mike Babcock protects his players and all that, and I I get that. And I think if the Leafs did sign Thornton, you would probably see them trade Tyler Bozak to make room. But I, I just don't. I just don't see it. I think Toronto's name was mentioned in there to raise the raise the heat. Well, so, and, and Joe would have to shave that beard because he's not allowed to have that in Toronto. Well, yeah, J- Jason Demers would have to sh- sh- shave that beard and put on some clothes. Right. Uh, you know him. You know I. Uh, <laughs> All right, we got one last one to talk about. Yeah, well, okay. Drager also says uh, Columbus and Nashville with trade offers on Matt Duchesne. Other teams calling as well. Colorado continues to play the waiting waiting game. Colorado is playing with fire here. I'm telling you, they are. And and actually, 
Aaron Port's line is saying that the Avalanche are working with Columbus and that Murray would be part of that deal. You know what? At this point, if they don't make a deal by tomorrow, they need to just end all this with Matt Duchesne and say, hey, you're going to be back this year. And because otherwise it is just going to cause further turmoil within that team. Yeah. Um, okay. And I just got a message from Ak. He's working on a couple big things. Apparently there's a big trade um, that is, uh, that is basically just about ready to happen. It may be the, it may be the Duchesne deal because there seems to be some heat with that, but uh, he, he said to stay tuned to hockey buzz over the next hour or so, because something should be breaking. We will be doing a show tomorrow. I, I'm, when we talked about it yesterday, it was 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. We may may change that because you know usually stuff nothing happens at 11 a.m. It's all the stuff happens from 12 to 2. But we'll right. we'll update the site and let you know. Um, it'll be me and Russ and Akin. we'll be on the air at noon for sure. We know yeah, that. Be on the air at noon for sure. Exactly. But okay. uh, stay tuned to hockeybuzz.com for the latest. Uh, for Russ Cohen, I'm Michael Agello. Thanks for watching. And remember, without the buzz, it's just hockey. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.